Good day, all you Overland friends. The Overland Philosopher is back to talk about our Enchanted Rockies trip. We had just spent day three, a restful day, gathering ourselves, taking a load off, just relaxing, rejuvenating, reorganizing, and now we're getting ready for day four. Now, day four was going to be a big day. And so I appreciate you coming along on this ride with me. Share a little bit about myself. Um, I was always into sports as uh, a young man, a kid. Big baseball guy. Baseball gifted me with three concussions three concussions so from the age of 14 and down everything has been completely erased i can't remember 95 percent of my childhood and as a result my short-term memory is okay my long-term memory is not good at all and so one of the reasons I wanted to take the time to do these podcasts was it will help me recall events that have happened and it will help me to go back and reminisce later because my memory is so bad. And so I hope that these will stay around for a while. Um, and I'm assuming that once they're put on the podcast, they're here for forever, as long as I'm alive and maintaining the account. So I can go back and listen to them, and it'll take me back to that day, that spot, that particular view, and, and help me to recall, because memory has failed me. And so here we are on day four of our Enchanted Rockies Trail. Finally gonna to get to the Enchanted Rockies Trail. It has taken four days to get there. So after another cool night uh, and just north of Weed, New Mexico, and Weed sits at right th uh, 7,047 feet. So we were right at 7,000 feet. It was a crisp, cool night, almost cold again. And I was trying to conserve my fuel for my heater. I have purchased from Artemis Overland Hardware in um, Springfield, Missouri, a Covea heater that runs off the tall cans of butane. And I didn't have a whole lot. We were going to be gone for seven days. I wanted to make sure I had enough to last me. So I had been very conservative with the heater. And really getting cold so i completely shut up myself in the eye camper closed off all the vents and with it being at seven thousand feet the oxygen is a little thinner and so i was not able to light my heater when i got cold because i had shut off all the oxygen so it was kind of one of those things where do I open the windows? Do I let some air in? Do I turn on the heater? What do I do? So um, I just bundled up in the sleeping bag and 
try to do it the best I can. So I didn't get a real good night of sleep, but it was one of those, it was my fault. Totally my fault. But we had a leisurely morning that morning. Everybody got up slow and sure. Everybody started to emerge from their sleeping quarters, whatever that might be. Big breakfast morning. Bacon, eggs, the works uh, that morning. We headed back toward Weed to catch the highway and meet up with Mark, who we were meeting in Cloudcroft around 10 or 10.30. We made our way back down the trail to Weed. Now, interesting thing about Weed, New Mexico, I had personally never heard of this little town. It has a population of about 63, and it's had a post office since 1885, so it's been around a long time. But what it's known for, what it's claimed to fame, Weed, New Mexico, the birthplace of actor Glenn Strange. Now, how many of you can tell me who Glenn Strange was? Probably not very many. Well, Glenn Strange played Frankenstein's monster in the 1940s movie, and he also played the bartender Sam Noonan in Gunsmoke. So you'll have to be as old as I am or older listening to this podcast before you would even have a clue or maybe have even seen either one of those. But that's Weed's claim to fame. So here we are going back through Weed. We have to travel about 20 miles down a highway to get to Cloudcroft. Now we were still aired down. Uh, our tires were aired down to around 20 pounds. So slow and sure. The highway was crooked. It was up and down. So we took it slow. Pulled into Cloudcroft, restocked with fuel and supplies. One of the things that I was missing was some tongs. I cannot cook without tongs. I love tongs. Meat, everything has to be stirred, tossed, whatever. Tongs are my weapon of choice when it comes to cooking. And I did not have any tongs, and it was driving me absolutely crazy. So I told them, I will have to go to the family dollar over here to grab some tongs. Now, Cloudcroft is a small town. Population is around 670 people. It sits at about 8,700 feet, and it's in the Lincoln National Forest. It was, in 2002, number three on the list for the most underrated tourist attractions in the whole United States. So, this is a touristy place. has places where you can fuel up get supplies, had a really neat looking, like an Old West themed downtown. And um, it was just a really neat place. But we didn't stay there very long, um, mainly because several of the guys got thrown out of the family dollar for not wearing masks. And it ended up being a big ordeal and we decided to move on down the road. Now from here we headed east towards the Enchanted Rockies Trail but on the way, man, I wish we had stopped. We passed a sign, and the sign said Apache Warfield. Now, I've always been infatuated with 
Indians and the different tribes of Indians and the Apaches were always known as the meanest, the most fierce of all the Indians and to be able to go to an Apache war field would have been incredible for me and I wish I had gotten on the radio and said guys I'm stopping I've got to see this I don't know if I'll ever be back this way again but we just kept going we picked up the Enchanted Rockies Trail at the Pachaco Road off Highway 82 east of Cloudcroft now Lee and I had fallen behind the others um, man these guys are like NASCAR drivers I swear uh, taking off 60 miles an hour on 20 pounds of air on their tires. That's really not my thing. We drove about 45, stopped a couple times to take pictures, and we met up with them at the beginning of Pachaco Road. Now, I had the route downloaded, and I knew that we would eventually catch them, and I told Lee, I said, let them go on. It's not that big of a deal. We'll catch them eventually. I have the route downloaded, and I know where we're going and we'll just catch up with them so right at the beginning of the Chaco road uh, we get up everybody is pulled off on the side of the road having lunch um, it was uh it was a little warm that day there was zero scenery on Chaco road i mean zero it was dirt and scrub brush Dirt and scrub brush was all there was. And, it, and you could see for miles. And so some of the guys got their drones up and, and did a little drone flight. And we took some pictures and had a little sandwich and some cookies or whatever. And before long, we were like, hey, let's get going. It's, it's been days. And this is what we came for was to do this trail. We finally made it here. Let's get going. So they get on the radio okay how fast you want to go and one guy said let's try 45 and i'm like i'm out i'm out that um number one too fast on a dirt road for me don't get to see anything number two dust holy cow at the amount of dust in this area and so lee and i once again let him go we know the route We'll catch up to him eventually. He had his daughter, Amelia, and he didn't want her sitting in the car seat the whole time. He didn't want her to have to be bogged down, strapped in the whole time. So we went slow, about 20, 25 miles an hour. He was letting her stand up on the console and look out the sunroof, dance around, play around. She shot me a bro pose every now and then. I got to take a picture of it. It was pretty cool. Or he'd let her sit on the windowsill of the of the truck and, and play around and so that was cool that was so cool we saw the dust the big giant cloud of dust of the nine rigs that were in front of us and slowly it disappeared but you know that was okay we were seeing deer we saw one of the biggest jackrabbits I've ever seen in my life I thought it was the chupacabra we saw a baby elk that had been separated from his mother on the other side of a cattle fence it was beautiful and the further we went the down these big ranches we were going over cattle guards one side after another so-and-so ranch so-and-so ranch and the the more we went the scenery would change 
It would go up in, in uh, elevation, it would go down. It would go up, it would go down. We'd get to places where we could see for miles and miles and miles, and then we would get surrounded by trees. It, it changed quite a bit. We crossed uh, onto County Road E-030, and, I mean, we were just out in the middle of what seemed like nowhere. And one of the things that crossed my mind, how do these people get mail? Does a mailman have to travel miles and miles between stops? And then we came to one crossroads, and there was like 35 mailboxes. No, the mailman just goes to one spot, delivers all these people mail. Then he drives down the road, and then there's a whole bunch of mailboxes and delivers these people mail. It's not where, like where I live, where every single person has a mailbox out in front of their house. It's just impossible that way. Things are too spread out for it to be that way. We saw our my very first four-wheel drive UPS van. And I thought, if you order for something from Amazon... Where do they deliver it? Do they bring it to your house? Can you imagine being a UPS driver with having one delivery because you had to drive 70 miles down a dirt road out in the middle of nowhere and 70 miles back? I don't know. I don't know how you live normal everyday life in one of these places being 70 miles down a dirt road from a Walmart or from a grocery store or to get gas or fuel or can't even order something on a, on online and have it delivered to your home. It's, it's just a completely different way of life that these people have adapted to. Now we came out on Casey Canyon and hit I-70 headed west. We went through a little town called Tinney. We went through a little town called Hondo. We had to stop outside of Hondo because Lee's refrigerator was giving him some troubles. He was having trouble getting power to his fridge. While he was sitting, he was able to run the fridge, but for some reason, going down the road, his fridge wasn't getting power, and he was afraid that his food would thaw out and run. And so we were stopped to check on that, um, and then we got going again. Through Hondo, we headed north on Highway 380, we were still aired down, so we were taking it pretty easy, about 45, 50 mile an hour. And we saw a sign for Smoky Bear Museum. Now, we were fixing to enter the Smoky Bear, um, I don't know if it was the Smoky Bear National Forest. I'm pretty sure it was the Lincoln National Forest. But it, it had something to do with Smoky Bear. And that was pretty cool that that was the origination of Smoky Bear. And so we went to a couple signs past where we were supposed to turn off and there was uh, a stand-up of Smokey Bear. There was a couple things that told about him that were there. We stopped and took some pictures. It was really neat because, you know, I grew up watching Smokey Bear, you know, about forest fires. Only you can pretty bit forest fires. I would see him every Saturday morning on cartoons. Only you can prevent forest fires. So he was kind of an icon in my life, and I was really excited to be able to stop, take pictures with Smokey the Bear. And so we were, we were, it was pretty cool to do that. We had to head back to the Homestead Loop Trail where the, the Enchanted Rockies Trail picked up. 
And here is where the scenery started. This was one of the coolest trails that we had been on yet. It was the start of an actual trail before we were just on county roads. But this is where it started getting good. We started going up in elevation. Um, I actually uh, heard the guys on the radio. There was one guy that was in the lead group that had a 40 watt Midland and I had a 40 watt Midland radio and we were actually able to talk to each other. Nobody else could hear us, but uh, we calculated it as the crow flies. We were about nine miles apart. Now we were about over 20 miles apart as the road went, but as the crow flies, we were about nine miles apart. We were able to talk just clear as day. But headed over Capitan Pass on Forest Road 56, we were on the Pecos Trail. The scenery was just unreal. You could see for hundreds of miles. The day was just clear. It was beautiful, not a cloud in the sky. And it just took my breath away and we had to stop and we got out and we were taking pictures and I looked down at my phone and I've got five bars of service on 3G with AT&T and it was, it just blew my mind away. And so I get on Facebook live and go live and have hundreds of views people checking in, and I say, I just want you to see, you know, when I'm at my house in the middle of the city, and I've got a bar and a half, and I can barely get the internet to work, and I can barely send a text message, here I am 50, 60 miles away from a major city, probably even farther than that, and I've got five bars of service and can go live on Facebook. I was just blown away. And I said, you know, here I am in the middle of nowhere with service on my phone. I want you to see where I'm at. And I turned the phone around and showed everybody the views of where we were. And it was just an incredible, incredible experience. Lee was talking to his wife on the phone after I finished my video. And I was just walking around. I saw something sticking out of the edge of the, of the, of the dirt. And I went over and I... I wiggled it a little bit and it was a horseshoe and this horseshoe looked like it had been there for hundreds of years it was not anything like a horseshoe is today it was extremely old and I went and showed it to Lee and he said you know we're on the Pecos Trail there's no I mean who this could have belonged to back then so many outlaws, so many guys that are out hot on the trail of an outlaw, so many lawmen that were famous in this area. I wonder who this could have belonged to. Well, I kept it because, you know, horseshoes, good luck. Put it in the under the passenger seat of my FJ, and today it's still there. And it was just a cool piece of history that... I was excited to have. Now we continued on to Las Tablas Canyon 
And when we uh, turned on the Lost Tablas Canyon, right before then was a looked like a youth camp, had a water park, had had all this kind of stuff. So we were getting back close to civilization. Uh, and then we come to a T in the road. If we had turned left, we had went to the highway, but we turned right and continued on the trail, went through Lost Tablas Canyon. The road had gotten really rough. Uh, I was going through some creek beds and different things. It had went through several cattle farms. We had to open closed gates. And now the road was getting a little bit better. And we started up a little hill. And we were talking on the radio. And then I heard Michael from all over Overland get on the radio. And he said, okay, Lee and Joey are on the radio I need all everybody to be silent except for them and so I knew we were getting close to them and and I knew that they had stopped for the evening to camp so I knew that we were getting close to where we were going to camp for the evening and then here within five minutes we crossed over a little knoll and there was Michael he shot some video of us coming down the trail and then we saw everybody camped right there, pretty close to where he was standing. We picked us out a couple spots and got out and visited with everybody. It was a beautiful spot we were in, in this canyon. Really high rock walls. Some of the kids had climbed to the top. They had sent drones all the way up there to the top and taken some pictures and videos. It was just a beautiful, beautiful area. That evening, we had dinner, and everybody came over to our campsite and said, we're talking about tomorrow what to do. Some of the guys are going to go back on the trail, take the highway up to Santa Fe, go to Walmart, pick up some supplies, and pick up some things. They're tired. They want to shower, and that's cool. Well, Lee and I talked, Michael, and uh, Lee and I talked and decided... We're going to continue on the trail. Uh, this is what we came for. Let's see as much of it as we can. It'll only take us a little bit longer, and then we'll head up to Santa Fe where, the, where everybody else was going to be for the next day. So we had a great meal. Nice, cool evening. It was perfect. The temperatures were just absolutely perfect. But here again, it was... Man, if we could only had campfires, if we could only had charcoal to just sit around and have our campfire talks, that would have made it so much better. But we were limited to what we could do, so we just got around with everybody and just talked and conversated, got to know each other a little better, talked about the day, talked about everything that we saw, and you know, reminisced already about how great that day was of finally getting on the Enchanted Rockies Trail. This part of the trail was super special as it was our first part to be on it. It was also one of my favorite spots because I love the scenery in southeast New Mexico. It's beautiful to me. I love the red rock. I love being able to see for long distances and we were finally up in to an elevation where the days were cool and the nights were cool.
And it had become such a special time already. And I had gotten to know Lee and Michael so well already that we were becoming really good friends. And I knew this friendship was going to last a lifetime. And that's what this is all about. Going places, meeting people, and establishing those lifelong friendships. That's what made it all worthwhile to me. So that evening, had a great conversation, had a great meal, got our bellies full. I got me a shower pouch out, wiped down real good, got up in the eye camper, snuggled down in my sleeping bag, and I slept like a baby. And what a wonderful, wonderful night that was. Day four. Headed north now towards Santa Fe. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Thank you for listening and letting me recall, while I still can, my experiences on the Enchanted Rockies Trail. It was magical. It was super special to me. And I appreciate you for being here with me and checking it out with me. I hope you also one day will be able to head to the Enchanted Rockies Trail and experience exactly what we did, or maybe even better. Hope you have a wonderful day. This is the professor saying, take time while you still have it. Get out there and see something new, something special, something amazing that you can always remember. Jot it down, talk about it, whatever you got to do to never forget. Hope you have a wonderful day. If you are looking for rooftop tents, grills, lights, chairs, ground tents, whatever it has to do with overlanding, you need to check out ArtemisOverlandHardware.com. Aaron with Artemis is the guy. This is one of the very few brick and mortar stores where you can actually go to and visit in Springfield, Missouri and put your hands on all these things that you have been looking at on the internet. Check it out. Go to ArtemisOverlandHardware.com. Look and see what you want. Then go to the store, Springfield, Missouri. Go check out all of his brands. Alicab, OzTent, 23-0. Go check out all of these great products that he has in store. Put your hands on them, and that way you will know this is what I want. Check out ArtemisOverlandHardware.com today. Thank you.